Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. Hello, welcome to the Eat Sleep Believe Repeat Podcast. This is your weekly AEW review and breakdown. Introducing first is the man of the hour. Now rise up and feel the power. Gnarly. Charlie. Bro, let's go. Yo, what's up? And they call me the digital slayer. Ooh. They call me the Duke. I am the Phantom. Also known as the Duke of Derps. What's going on, everybody? Bro. A this is this is actually a depressing episode. Bro, literally everyone's AW hurt. It's canceled. Everyone's hurt, bro. Literally. But at the same time, it's not depressing because it's season two, brother. Yeah, I'm going to have to work on that intro a little bit. I was coming in a little hot, but you know what? It worked. Uh, I really like the new intro music. It's it's pretty fly. Kind of reminds me of like, I don't know, it's like we're like I'm doing like a Scorpio Sky tribute, you know, like, Ooh, I love it. You know, there is a little bit of that beat in there. I can I like see that. It, I like it. I like it. Um, But anyway, so yeah, there's a lot. Of, so first of all, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Believe. We had, you know, we are now into, what is this, episode like 40. 40 something anyway we're, we're in the 40s 50s. and you know what we're restarting now so episode one so, of, of whatever fair enough at whatever you know the, you can see the episode number in the in the the feed whatever anyway um but yeah so me stumbling over everything aside there are a few things that we take care of at the top of the show we call them like little housekeeping things first of all you could follow us both on twitter you could follow me at bane duke that's b-a-n-e-d-u-k-e on Twitter, and you follow Charlie at O oh, Charlie with an X instead of an A. And you can also make sure you go ahead and subscribe and or follow or whatever the hell the button says on your podcast platform of choosing be that Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. <laughs> and uh, yes, and uh, we will uh, you know also be uh, eventually back on the Soaky Entertainment YouTube channel. I think, but um, we actually didn't talk about this at all. I'm caught up on Kenobi. If you want to talk about that at the end of this show, dude. Um, Yes, at the end of the show, we will talk some Kenobi. I'm actually excited to dive into that. Kenobi! But anyway, um, so yeah. By the way, Sam Whitworth can just do that on command, which is insane. But anyway. And, um, and yeah, yeah, we have so, been uh, an ungodly amount of news this week, which I'm sure a lot of people are... are 12 tabs of news or something like yeah, that? and I'm sure a lot of people are looking forward to hearing about our, our discussions on that. And yeah, but Garrett, you know how we start this every time. Daniel Garcia, he knows how we start this every time, and that's our favorites of the week. My name is Daniel Garcia, and I am a sports entertainer. Entertainer. And now, Garrett, it's it's the first episode with the new music. It's beautiful. You're taking the lead here, bro. We're starting off on the right foot. Odds, you're going first. We're we're establishing a fucking perimeter now. Fuck All right. It. Garrett, what is now, your favorite now we know. We now week? know what for the entire we now season. Know. <laughs> for the entire season, we know who's going first. That's insane. We didn't plan that out before, by the way, everyone, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> we just happened to guess correctly almost correctly. every week. Um, all right. So we had a lot of wrestling that we had to cover this week because we uh, you know, they dropped a dark special on us in the middle of last fucking week for absolutely no reason. Um, all right, so we're starting off. We just mentioned Daniel Garcia, and we're gonna mention him again because my favorite this week was a singles match on it was actually the main event of Dynamite, which I think is kind of cool that Daniel Daniel Garcia is just a, a staying a main eventer these days. Uh, we had Daniel Garcia take Yad John Moxley. All right, uh we had Regal and Jericho on commentary. That's always fun. So uh, Regal, Regal called out the universe um, and said that, no, these are palm strikes, not chops, you bitches. So 
I, I take that uh, directly to offense because I like just calling it all strike. Uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, we had some palm strikes. Uh, I was saying this to you before we started. People sleep on Mox's ability as a technical wrestler. Um, I think because he gets associated so much with like that sort of deathmatch style of wrestling, you know, um, maybe that's just my perception of the guy, but that's kind of, you know, most people I don't think think of him like in the same class as like Danielson and Omega and all that, even though he has been world champion before both of those guys were, were you know obviously one of them's only been so but anyway um yeah i i think when the stitches busted open i assume that was planned you know that it would just added a little bit to the match garcia uh got like flipped into the steps like that move that that the, the one that got gift by everyone that's like him getting like the whatever that thing is where he like inverts the suplex and flips them on their back and he did that onto the steps i mean they just kept killing each other throughout this oh, match. Yeah, that was so good so much so that the match went into overtime. Has that happened since we started watching and they had to actually go over for a match? Other than like, I think it happened one time, but they ended up ending it pretty quickly after. Like, it didn't get like, this got a few minutes over the top. Like, it kept going. And I thought that's pretty crazy. Um, I believe uh, it was like, the, what, Bulldog Choke is what, what, what got the win here, um, potentially, or I can't remember. But it's like, this match was yep. just like, I don't know. Something about Daniel Garcia and John Moxley is like kind of perfect for each other because it's like a it's a almost a styles clash. But like again, like I said, like Moxley can respond to somebody doing a bunch of holds and submissions, and he's the bigger guy in this match. So there's there there's just so much to work with here that they just played off of perfectly. Yep. Um, you know it's and I think that this is weird, but this feud has been going on rough, rough roughly for like. Four, three or four months now, right? This all started off back when with with. So like, and it's now morphed into this giant thing. I have no idea where all of it's going to go, and especially with all the injuries and stuff now, how that's going to matter. And with yep. Taylor in Japan, it's just this storyline kind of got a little butchered by reality. But I mean, it's I Make still up think, with it with five star matches, like absolutely. the added anarchy in the arena, absolutely. So if the timing and the if things work out that way, like maybe some of the people aren't as injured or whatever. I think this could still be salvageable because it, it's not that it's unsalvageable at this point. It's just a storyline has been butchered by reality. So it's like, um, yeah, and, I still and, think they'll be able to pull something off. I still do think they will um, with the, with, with forbidden door, but I don't know, or maybe, maybe this is a feud that you maybe like a week out or two weeks out from forbidden door you do something with so that it doesn't have to be on the show you know because it does feel a little weird having an all AEW feud on that show um not that there can't be and there should be some AEW matches obviously it's an AEW pay-per-view you know but like i don't know i'm still kind of we'll see how it forms like i'm still waiting to see how this card's gonna form because we might see a few AEW specific matches on there. Yeah, um, and I would and be surprisingly okay. This is just a side note before we move on to to your favorite. I would be shocked if we didn't see a women's world title match on a Forbidden Door now because of we'll get. Oh, to there it. should be. They they got to get some women on the show. I think we'll, we'll we'll get to that for why I say that. But like you probably know where I'm going with that, and it's just like. But yeah, so let's get to your favorite. I mean, I just really like unless there's something you want to add about this match. I just I feel like I said yeah. So a lot. I um, I'm with you here, man. This feud. You know, they kind of wove it in and out here. And, you know, you follow up your five-star match from Sunday into Mm -hmm. a four-star match on Wednesday. And this is – these guys last met when CM Punk debuted. And now he's the world champion. This was his first show. 
And it was just, there's something kind of special about that. It felt nice. And you could kind of see the evolution of people now. Back then, Daniel Garcia was just a dude, like to most people. And now he's oh, taken yeah. a lot more seriously. And he was a legit main eventer here. And I'm with you. The match was just so much fun. This match got four stars in itself. So clearly they work so well together. And we we talk about matches that have, you know, a little bit more stakes or a little bit more weight to it. And. Uh, we'll talk about this more in the news since this didn't happen on Dynamite and Rampage. And that is they've used this match to elevate John Moxley to the number one contendership. So clearly the match mattered. And we'll dive into that a little more when we discuss the news. We're, we're going to have a lot of talk during the news here because I yeah. also forgot the Thunder Rosa thing. So That's we'll crazy. talk about that during news too. So I don't even have That's that written down. There's been so much. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, I think you covered it all. I love that match. Good for yeah, that. Absolutely. What were and, you really? What were you really feeling this week, Charlie? So for me, I, I was going to pick the MJF promo, and then okay. Rampage comes around, and we open up with the Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks. First <sighs> time they met since All Out, which to me, outside That's crazy of, in and of itself, I would have run that match yeah. on any any random agreed, rampage agreed. to get some viewers back, but they didn't do that. So and they didn't. And this this might be the best rampage match of all time, right? To me, right now, what the best one I've seen. I mean, there was yeah. a House of Black match a while back that was pretty good, but I I don't. It might have been against Lucha Bros. Like you know, and it's like, up there with Hangman versus Adam Cole too. I mean, they, like we're talking. This was an I forgot that was a match. rampage match. That's so crazy that that was on a rampage. This that was first title match. That's nuts. And I got to say, man, was they it the did it again. These guys yes. did it again. Now, I kind of briefly mentioned, so a lot of people have discussed, you know, in AEW, who's the Young Bucks' best rival? Is it Jurassic Express? Is it Lucha Bros? Here's the thing. It doesn't matter. This, The fact that they have so much chemistry with these two teams, and there's been a lot of talk lately about AEW originals. Well, all of these guys are. And holy fucking shit, dude. I mean, there there goes, you know, the fucking, uh, oh my God, this match was ridiculous. <laughs> Whether it was Phoenix and Nick, every single time those two were tagged in, magic happens. And it's been like that every time. You go back to All Out, what was the story? Phoenix and Nick. And then it's Matt doing the fucking, he's hooking up the boots. And then he got Penta. Can we talk about Penta hitting the Canadian Destroyer off of Phoenix's back? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> When it comes to spots, this checks every... That's not every, even the craziest spot. The craziest spot, I forget what the move was, but Nick Jackson, like, flipped Penta into a into a Canadian Destroyer on on uh, Phoenix, like, at one point. Yeah. Like, and when it comes to spots, this checks every single mark you could imagine for yourself. Like, like every single box that you have for spots, like, that you're hoping that are hit, this checks them all. When it comes to a story, this was the first time that Pentagon's mask has been taken off. Get that for a second. That's How nuts. did they win this? They had to go to depths that they've never gone to before. These are some evil cocksucking bucks. And they rip off Pentagon's mask. I mean, oh my God. Thank God the camera was in the right spot because he didn't cover his face instantly. No, um, I, don't, I don't even know. I mean, and this maybe is someone who no one I don't even... think he expected it to come off as easily. I thought maybe they wanted to do like that spot, like where it's you pull it off slowly, you know? Like, yeah, but either way, he this... just yoinked that bitch off. He said, nah. 
And this is a guy, Pentagon, his real name isn't even public. No one even knows his name. Like that's yeah. this is the kind of wrestler. <laughs> like talking I about love the, I loved who was it that was it Excalibur that pointed out that that would have been a disqualification in Mexico. Like that's pretty cool. Yeah. I love little I love little nods and like that, you know. So this this was this was special to me. I I am a sucker for a great tag match and when you put these two teams together, it's it's just I don't know, what's the term? Let's go glorious. Fuck it. Robert Rude, Bobby Rude, welcome. And yes. man at All Out, this was my favorite match. This was my favorite match this week. Yeah, we've been talking about our favorite Dynamite, favorite Rampage match of the years and shit, man. I This is one I'm going to have on that list. It's up there with FTR. And who did FTR face? The Young Bucks. It, it's, it's insane, dude. And when so, you consider that, um, like, this is like... Not that the Hardys match was like spectacular or anything, but like they had that match, and then like four or five days, not even four, like three days later, they had that they had this match, you know, like yeah, and it's and it's like no, sorry, it was five days later because it was a live rampage. I forgot, but um, by the way, uh, real quick, live rampages that energy is different, and it really is. I'm how glad. Do they, how do they book an arena for an hour? They have to do dark tapings, right? Like, yeah, yeah, and. Okay. Uh, yeah, they, I'm sure they feature loads. Of, I mean, we're gonna have a loaded dark next week. I'm sure it's gonna be or fun. Dark, yep, exactly. It'll be fun for us. We cover that. We love that shit. And um, but yeah, there was like, I mean, this match. I mean, it started really fast, like you said, and it there was just so much insane combination offense. It was incredibly like this match. People would sleep on as a high flying match because the Bucks don't always do flips. I mean, they they sometimes do, but they don't always do flips because I feel like they they don't want to just be guys that do flips, you know. Um, but the, you, you pointed out something I thought was interesting. There was a really big drama build in a very spot heavy match. I mean, we talk about our spot fest. We love a good spot fest here at ESC, but, um, this was one, but it also had a story in it. Cause it's not impossible. Like there are some wrestling pundits out there that'll think that will try and like, be like, if there's a spot fest, it means that there's no story being told whatsoever. And if you don't actually do, uh, wrestling the way that I used to do wrestling back in the 1980s in the South, then you are probably going to do wrestling wrong. Um, so what I'm going to say is different audiences, obviously. The other thing I'm going to say is you can still build a story up in a match like this. It's just not the traditional Western wrestling style of storytelling. This is basically when I talk about, oh, this feels like a New Japan match. That's what this feels like to me. Um convenient that both teams have been in new japan you know like yeah. but i think it's i think it's interesting that some people just fall back into that they're like no this is a good match we know how to have this match we've had it before let's keep having it the same way you know um and just do completely different things like all you have to do with these so much okay I, i'll just give them away lay the rest of what was in my notes because there wasn't really that much in there uh it was mostly stuff that you covered um there was a lot of incredible near falls in the match, but I will say this, you know, if, if they put this match on every week, it would be different every time because there's just so much offensive repertoire between all four members of the teams that yep. they could come up with a new way to structure this match without even changing the spots. And it would make complete sense every time, um, which is something that is incredible and impossible to even the only other team I think that even comes close is the team that I believe is actually the best tag team in the world, and that's FTR. Um, so I'll just let that sit. Um, hey, man. Hey, 
we we've we we've had this discussion before. I I I think they're they are one of the best, and I agree with you on that, man. It's just fucking young bucks, dude. This is just this was special. So let's let's go on here. We we got a lot of news to cover, and I don't exactly even know where the fuck to start. That's that's where we're at. All right, let's shoot from the hip. Let's talk injuries first. All right, okay. So many. The wrestling world is is in pain right now. Yeah. Cody Rhodes tore his pec in the in the midst of the biggest push of his career. Yep. CM Punk just became world champion. Broke his foot. Broke something. We don't we don't hundred percent know as of Sunday. Yeah, I don't think we're ever gonna probably know unless he like has like a major issue with it. You know what I mean? Brian Danielson, as of Sunday, is injured. He was he had to uh, he wasn't able to show up to a meet and greet. The extent of the injury unknown, but it sounds like he's out. It sounds like he's, yeah, he's, he's done missed for a, a meet bit. and greet, and like you're not. It's not MJF here. No. Uh, and then we have know. Adam Cole, which we don't know the extent of. Jeff Hardy, we don't know the extent of. Scorpio Sky, he's going to be okay. It sounds yeah, like it's a muscle strain, so he might his title. That's what he mentioned in his tweet. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be a couple weeks, maybe, but we might not. But we're probably not going to have a title match unless Ricky Starks is okay. <laughs> like, and then and then going on top of that, we we have Sasha Banks and Naomi are still gone. I mean, these are top talents gone from their companies. And then if we go beyond that, Darius and all these other guys that have just been hurt. Who's the other one outside of Darius? Um, There was one more that just happened recently, and I can't think. Uh, we have Layla like hurt still, I think, right now. Right? Yep, Layla, yep. So She's not like a star star, but she was getting a push. You know? Yeah, man, this is, uh, this is pretty sad stuff. So injury update, I guess we'll know more next week. I mean, this is awful. I mean, this yeah, is, no, this we, is brutal. Like, if it's really, really bad time too, because Forbidden Door is th- like less than three weeks away. You know, like, and that'll take me to our next news topic, and that's Forbidden Door. So, on Rampage or on Dynamite, Hiroshi Tanahashi came through the Forbidden Door. Correct. He was supposed to challenge CM Punk for the AEW World Championship. Yes, that's something we've been talking about for weeks. We said that was oh, our yeah. dream. That was the dream match. Mm-hmm. Hiroshi Tanahashi brought that up like two months ago. We covered it on this show. Yep. And we said, yeah, this this is could sell out this, anything. Yep. Money, you know. That match is supposed to happen. Well, it's not happening now. Tur- Imagine Tur- being Obari right now, dude. Oh my god. Yeah. Hiroshi Your Tanahashi. Is basically ready to go, except for like, you know, obviously like you're having to deal with the Abushi shit. But like besides the Abushi shit, everything's great for you right now, and then this happens. Brutal, you know? So Hiroshi Tanahashi will face Hiroki Goto at New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion. The winner of that will challenge for the AEW Interim World Championship at Forbidden Door. Who's the other challenger? Well, our new number one contender is John Moxley. Yes. And this is based off of he has now gone back to singles wrestling. And he had a win over Daniel Garcia. So they're weighing John Moxley's singles wins, his recent ones, over yep. whether it's Wheeler Yuta, Daniel <laughs> Garcia. There's another one I'm blanking on. And so basically, John Moxley is undefeated in singles competition uh, this year. Yeah. So people took the people were just kind of asking Tony Khan, like, hey, so we saw Wardlow was the number one contender. Now he's at three. Why did this happen? Well, oh, the other one was uh, Brian Danielson. Holy shit, what a fucking year. Um, <laughs> so that, obviously they're asking Tony, so we're like, okay. Because we don't cover the rankings every week, but we do mention them probably once a month. 
because they yeah. kind of go in and out. Sometimes they matter, sometimes they don't. As much as Tony Khan likes to say they matter all the time, they only matter when they need to do a contender on the. And way they matter when they're in crutch situations like this. So, yeah. so Wardlow was number one on Wednesday. On Friday, Wardlow is no longer number one. And so, some people were obviously like, "Well, doesn't that seem convenient?" So we know uh, Daniel Garcia match. So what they're doing is they're weighing uh, the opponents that John Moxley has beaten versus the opponents that Wardlow has beaten. So. I have an issue with this. I'm only going to say this because I saw some other people saying this as well. Um, I'm not saying that I wouldn't have said this, but I wouldn't have probably come up with this idea myself is what I'm saying. But like one of the things that I think this is really weird about saying like quality of opponent is like suggesting that Wardlow has a choice of who he faces, which even in kayfabe does not, you know, no shot, Mm. you know, Um, at least unless kayfabe is just that you just pick who you wrestle, which is weird. Because that seems like anti kayfabe inherently, but whatever, yeah. right? But Wardlow and- gets fed opponents by Tony Khan. Tony Khan outright refused to do anything to try and sign him out from underneath the contract in kayfabe that he was apparently legally tied to. That Tony literally couldn't do anything, even though Tony's a billionaire, yep. you know? Exactly. Um, again, so in storyline right now, Tony Khan actually dislikes Wardlow a lot more than he does MJF. I'm just saying, like, um, yeah. So he's done more to to hold Wardlow back than MJF at this point, <laughs> which is kind of wild. Um, well, exactly. And and if we're just looking at this beyond kayfabe, we know the real reason. You you, you trust John Moxley in this situation. John Moxley is an AEW original. He's a star. He. If you needed a crutch to go back Name to the time Wardlow choked, though, that's what I'm saying. No, like, and and there's nothing like, against Wardlow. Has always he, delivered, no matter what position they put him in. He has always delivered, and so exactly, there's it's it's nothing against Wardlow. It is nothing. It is nothing against Wardlow. And like, what is it, like AEW? We we talk about all the time AEW striking while the iron is hot. What 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 hotter iron are you going to get? Yeah, and well. It's one of those things. I mean, where does Wardlow go from here now? It, it can't. I, I, I'm guessing it can't be the world title. No, that's what unless I'm saying. They, so where, where do you do with put him so in this battle royale until CM Punk is back? And maybe there. I'm guessing they're going to just put it on. That? I mean, we can. I mean, we can debate who we think they're going to put it on, but I'm guessing right now, just based off this information, Moxley is the bigger sell for just straight up. No matter who wins this battle royale, I think Moxley's winning that. Yeah, I mean Moxley is the bigger sell for Forbidden. Right? Like, I think you just have someone win it that can. And you know what I would do? And this is just weird. I'm just gonna pick Dante Martin. Pick on Dante Martin for a bit here. If somebody like Dante Martin that the crowd likes to win that match, but lose the main event, does that make sense? Yeah, you could. I mean, losing to John Moxley isn't gonna hurt anyone. He he beats everyone. John Literally. Moxley is. It's shocking when he loses, and that's the way he should be booked. He's always should have been booked like this, not selling fucking hot dogs in Milwaukee. And I think I think this is one of those things where they had to pivot, right? Now, here's the other thing: John this does make the whole idea of the rankings basically meaningless. Though, let me just say, like, I could see edit them if you just edit them because it doesn't fit what you want, then they don't fucking mean anything. But that's the thing. They were one way on Wednesday, different on a Wednesday, on Friday because John Moxley. If we're talking, one K-Fate, match knocked Wardlow down two slots. 
Hey, man. I don't. I don't believe that's how sports well, works. Wardlow you is, well, okay. If we're talking in terms, hold, hold, if, hold that thought. Because okay. if we're talking in terms of the weighted opponents, we didn't really jump on this. Jump on this point. Wardlow has beaten a lot of guys this year that have not won shit. Right. So if they're weighing Wardlow's undefeated record, this is this is talking super schematics of undefeated records. Wardlow just beat JD Drake. John Moxley just beat Daniel Garcia. Ah, so let me let me let me ask you a question then. Should Jade have even been in the TBS tournament then? Yeah, in a tournament, absolutely. No, 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 no. Should she have qualified? Because if we're talking about quality of opponents here, Jade was beating jobbers for months. Yeah. On yeah. dark. Nobody was even seeing it. And I'm not being a dick to Jade. Well, that's, Nobody was watching this her. This is matches. where you bring in the idea of an NCAA tournament. Right? That's or, what I'm or saying. College We're not the NCAA here. If that was the case, Jade would not be champion. But she got a shot to get in the tournament, and she proved she was worthy to beat oh. the other ones. Oh, man. Just, this, is, this is what I'm saying. The, the fucking rankings are meaningless. I, I love having this conversation because every time we do, I'm sure somebody that's listening is like, bro, how could you say the rankings are meaningless? Because I'm paying attention. Like, I actually try and follow here's them. the thing. All right. If Warlow is not in the Battle Royale, I, I will be shocked. Because Wardlow should be in this match. Oh, he will be now. He wouldn't have been before this conversation. That's the sad part. You know what I mean? He would have just had a fucking squash match right after the Battle Royal. That's what would have happened. Yeah. I mean, so if we Wardlow, had the exact same thing happen after the last Casino Battle Royal, I believe. Because like, it's one of these things. you got to prove your worth, right? So <sighs> having Wardlow. Georgia, this is this is the way they're looking at it, man. John Moxley is like Georgia. Georgia's 6-0. and Wardlow... He's finally got the big win over MJF. Wardlow is like Cincinnati. He's still got some people ahead of him because he has, you know what I mean? Okay, Wardlow but like, isn't okay, but that, I would agree that with is a you if, if in the NCAA, if fucking the NCAA got to decide, like, based on what they thought was going to, and granted, they do do this, but it's way before the season ever starts. And if it was based on records, It'd be like if every time they put together a game for the NCAA, somebody had to decide who was going to play. Yeah. Like every time a game was about the, you know, a week, like the week of the game. Also, I think had to, uh, we, Wardlow didn't Wardlow go down doesn't too. get to pick who he faces. So how is that fair to Wardlow? Wardlow is still second, by the way. That was uh, my bad. Either, even if it's knocking down a slot, let's be real. If, if we have the same record, I don't know what the records are, what the records are comparatively off the top of my head. Wardlow has only lost to Scorpio Sky this year, and John Moxley hasn't lost to anyone. Okay, so if if we're talking, I mean, if, if we're talking college football, yeah, that would be enough to knock you down a slot. But yep. actually, in college football, it might knock you down a couple. But like, um, depending on the field. But like, I just don't like the comparison to college football because college football works almost so differently than every other sport out there because of this whole quality of opponents thing. No other sport really does this when they're determining playoff pitch, like seating and stuff like that, you know, like and I, I agree with you. That's why I think these can get messy, man, because it, it is very convenient why they did it. If we're because this is all in terms of kayfabe. The reality is we know why they did it. Yeah, because they don't think Wardlow is ready. And who's who's selling more tickets, Wardlow or John Moxley? It's John Moxley. I don't. Bro, I don't know. Wardlow is super over it. I don't know if Wardlow is selling tickets. I agree with but you. I like to I think, think that him and MJF sold a good amount of that pay-per-view, dude. And I'm telling you, if this happened six months... What was the bigger storyline heading into that besides the JAS stuff, which we all knew was going on toward the end anyway? You know, like... Yeah. Hey. Uh, well, the, the world title match, obviously. Either way, whatever. I think we both know what they should do, and that's having Wardlow... Wardlow should be in this battle royale. He should prove his worth. He should win it. And then that's when you have Wardlow and John Moxley, and that's a decision he's got to make. 
I just think if Tony Khan really wants, I, I, I this is an example of Tony Khan knowing what the fans are going to want, not caring and doing what he thinks is best for business for the short term, which is a very WWE thing to do. I'm just going to say, um, I don't think it's for the short, short term. I think they had to do no, what they no, had to do because he wants CM Punk to come. You think CM Punk's losing the reunification match? Hell no, he can't. Exactly. So whoever wins this is a me- their transitional champion. That's so why, why can't it's that be, be John? This, this is perfect. That's why it's got to be John Moxley. I mean, Exa- that match just sounds for awesome. Everything paper, you just but- said to me, for me, I see it as that's exactly why it's got to be Moxley. That's what I find cool because you see it as for your exact reason for Wardlow. So. As you guys can see, this that was awesome. All right, so let's let's move on from that. All right, all right, um, all right. <laughs> that was some fun stuff. Hey, man, you know none of this might even matter because they the winner might just lose to Tanahashi, and honestly, that's probably what they should do. Anyway, yeah, Tan- and then we get Tanahashi versus Punk as the unification. Yeah, that makes sense actually. So because then it's it, uh, that's a lot of let me before we move on. Actually, that'd be kind of cool because then you'd have a New Japan guy holding the AEW title. That'd be fucking awesome. Yeah, and just let him let him work in America. That would be the biggest. Bit. Actually, if we're talking about big things to come out of Forbidden Door to set up for the future, that would be the biggest thing you could do, I, right? Because then you know you're getting Tanahashi exactly. on AEW TV for at least a few months. You know, like. And I think if you do Moxley. I think – how do I compare this to something? Moxley is the safest person you could give it to, right? And that's why yeah, I Danielson think – If Danielson wasn't like hurt right now, I'd say throw it on him, right? But like – 100%. But now Danielson's hurt. Jeff Hardy's hurt. Adam Cole is hurt. Hangman I wouldn't Page put it on Jeff be, Hardy. I'm just going to be real with no, you. I, I love I, Jeff, I but I wouldn't put the title on him. Hangman right Page is going to be wrestling Okada. So he's busy. Adam Cole, baby? Yeah. Oh, wait. So, so Tanahashi versus Hiroki Goto at New Japan Dominion. Moving on. Um, yeah, 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 following yeah. the MJF promo, which we haven't gotten to yet, which we'll, we're, we're holding all our thoughts for that. <laughs> MJF has been removed from the AW roster and shop. I mean, some people are freaking out thinking he's actually gone. I think we both know what's up. I, mean, is- I think part of this could be too, like if they're still not sure how it's going to be in 2024, maybe they'll leave some of this stuff. You know what I mean? And he just doesn't like, I feel like if they don't actually come to a deal that MJF wants, he just does leave. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like what would be the, what would stop anyone from doing from like, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, I'm not saying that's what's happening here. I'm saying like they've set things up really nicely that if he just wanted to just be done, because I don't think they're I can I find it difficult to believe that they would continue to work everybody in the back with this if they were 100 percent at a conclusion that was happy for both sides. It just it feels weird to me, you know, like, but yeah, and we'll uh, yeah. So uh, Will Morrissey, he just recently wrestled on AEW Dynamite. He has departed from Impact Wrestling, so I'm sure we'll see him in WWE or AEW. I, I could probably, yeah. I would, probably I, I would actually not be surprised if he ended up back in WWE because they love their big men. And they, and my God, could they run that guy him. back? Yeah, cool. Uh, you know, he's pretty. He's, I think he's matured enough that they could probably work with him now. Do I think yeah, he'd like it? Why there? Not? I don't know. He liked. He seemed like he really liked the AEW crowd. Like um, the AEW crowd liked him. So, so maybe maybe AEW, we'll see. W Morrissey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. AEW Battle of the Belts 3 will take place August 5th in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The second one sucks, so they better book this uh, better for us to care. Moving on. If uh, CM Punk wasn't injured, <laughs> I'd say do Eddie Kingston there. All right. Um, yeah. Um, I was going to run through the Dominion card. I'm going to skip it. We talked about the main thing here. I mean, I guess Okada and Jay White for the world title. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti are engaged. Cool. cool. Yep. Shout outs to them. 
Shout out to them. Saw the picture of them at the Eiffel Tower. They looked kind of cute. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Uh, The best of the Super Juniors. The finale was Hiromu Takahashi versus El Desperado. And Takahashi won. He's a three-time Best of Super Juniors champion. Our boy Willie Uta finished 5-4. and four. The story coming out of this, Ace Austin turned on Alex Zane and joined Bullet Club. Yeah, so that should be interesting. You know, Maybe yeah, I'll make, it, multiple, maybe I'll make uh, the tape. Yeah, cool. Um, Liv Morgan will debut in The Kill Room. Uh, we talk movies here. Cool. Um, if It's with Samuel L. Jackson, Uma Thurman, Maya Hawke. So it sounds like it's a pretty big movie. Yeah, it and should be. It might, you know, if she's good, maybe she'll get some jobs out of it. You never something know. I really like out of this, her management is the same one that got our boy Miro onto that CBS show this fall. And that is CJ Perry, formerly WWE's Lana. So she's so, literally managing for people now. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so cool. So, uh, sounds I like still want to see CJ. I know she's probably done. I mean, she said she was done, right? Like, yeah, she was. She was like, at Dynamite this week, surprisingly. So yeah, cool. and so I don't know if she's like maybe teasing the idea. I'm sure she's talked with Tony Khan. I would be shocked, you know. Oh like, yeah, especially with Miro, and especially how much time Miro was like laid up. They had to be communicating, you know. So exactly. So that being said, Garrett, if you want to fucking fly through dark this week, you have the dark <laughs> special and dark elevation this week. Garrett, you go ahead. You take the lead on this. Dark special episode number 145, which is only episode 145. It's not a special episode number 145. They haven't done that many for fuck's sake. It seems like it, but they haven't. All right. We opened up the show with uh, Darby Allen versus Brandon Cutler. So um, I took a few notes in this. Uh, I love how like it doesn't look like you could possibly, if you wanted to, stop the momentum of Darby's tope. He's just going to fucking kill. He's going to kill you with it. Um, this set up the story for the match Literally. on Sunday. Got the win with the coffin drop. And then uh, I believe uh, Red Dragon ran the ran, ran at him in the ring, maybe. Or maybe he just threatened him. I can't remember. I think they, they teased it, but then they didn't, maybe. I can't remember. I know they tried to get involved for sure. But anyway, um, then we had an Andy J squash. I didn't think she had any chemistry with who she was facing. One with the Queen Slayer. House of Black got a quick squash. Um, man, they're just such a formidable group. Like Just the image of them walking out. For this is just, um, I don't know how you ever wasted Malachi Black in WWE and just had him stay in rooms for like months. I don't know how you do that with this guy. He's so fucking interesting, you know, like such uh, an incredible, incredible talent. We got to come up with a new name for 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 Matthews's finisher because he's not called Murphy anymore, but it's still the Murphy's Law. So, uh, but we'll we'll work on that. (laughs) Um, And we had. A women's trios match between Diamante, our girl, Nyla, and Emmy, our other girl, taking on Sky Blue. Our, which you know what? Fuck all our all the chicks we like pretty much are in this match. Sky Blue, uh, Riho, and Yuka Sakazaki. Yuka Sakazaki. Yuka Sakazaki. Nailed it. Um. Yeah. Yuki got bullied out of the Yuki. Yuka got bullied out of the ring immediately, which I thought was uh hilarious, and it popped me. Um. And then uh, they gave him a little bit of a match here. There was uh, some tandem tiger faint kicks from Yuka. I believe I believe it was Yuka and uh, uh, Riho did that at one point. Um. Then they did a triple dive attack. All three of them t- hit a dive, and they got the win with the running knees from Riho. Um, it was better than I expected for a random dark match. So, you know, whatever they got them on the, they got them on the pay-per-view week. So shout outs. Yeah. Uh, we had factory taking on death triangle. got to get both of these teams a win before they go in and burn the entire universe down. So fair enough. My God, um, they God, it's going to hurt to fucking wrestle death triangle, man. Christ. Oh, like, yeah. 
Yikes. Imagine being those jobbers. I had to wrestle who? Anyway, um, and Pac picks up the win with the Brutalizer. Yeah, a couple of these dark matches actually did go off on this show, I will say. Mark Quinn then took on Johnny Elite. Um, and what I don't the know the if that happened at the end here, dude. With that guy jumping in the ring? Was that a Vegas thing? That must have been. Uh, Wearing his jacket and dancing. Yeah, that was, I don't know what that was. Must have been some Vegas guy. Uh, anyway, uh, picked up the win over Quinn with the Starship Pain. I think they're calling it that. I'm not sure. Um, if like, not, God, I love that fucking move. It's a great move. All right. And then that takes us to Elevation Episode 65. We had Ryan Nemeth taking on Kanosuke Takeshita. Um, bro, Kanosuke got a massive pop from the crowd here. I love it. Um, he's getting slowly over with the crowd. I'm hoping that he gets so over that when he when Kenny comes back, he has to fight him. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah. you've grown too big. You've grown too big. I must stop That's you. That's the other guy on the injury list. Kenny. Fuck. Yep. I can't believe Kenny's not going to be at Forbidden Door. That's so crazy. I thought there was no chance that he was not going to be at that pay-per-view, but wrestling moves on. Um, he just has that thing. First of all, he's a phenomenal athlete. Let's just say that. Kanosuke is just absurd. Um, beyond athletic. He just, you know, he gets that thing I talk about in wrestling that you either have or you do not. I talked about this a while back. I forget who it was that I said had this last. Might have been Dante. Um, but he just has that thing, man. You either you either have that or you don't, and he's got it. Um, and he picks up the one with the jumping knee. I, be- I believe it was Wheeler Yuta. Maybe it might have been Wheeler, actually. It might have been Wheeler. It could have been all three of the people that I mentioned, honestly. Yeah. They all kind of do have it. But um daniel garcia has it i didn't know if he had it for a while but he does you know um and then we had the main event of dark elevation episode 65 which was the ring of honor women's world championship match we had a match between a maserati and a mercedes um never really felt the chemistry here not sure if maserati was just unprepared one with the brass city sleeper and that takes us to dark episode 146 you want me to just hit this really quickly or do you want to take it i'll, I'll take it real quick uh, we Go open ahead. up with our roh women's world champion defeating viva van in a non-title match yeah same thing brass city sleeper cool mercedes yep. martinez is uh pretty protected right now yep the butcher and the blade defeat a couple of fellows double team backbreaker yeah looks cool Anthony Agogo defeats Carly Bravo. Carly Bravo had a cool, uh, had a really cool uh, Twitter post this week talking about kind of his life and, you know, back in the war and stuff. So mm-hmm. cool guy. Anthony Agogo had to win, though. He doesn't lose. Yeah, more knockouts, please. Jamie Hayter with the ripcord lariat over Danica De La Rouge. Is that right? De La Roche, maybe? Huh? Something like yeah, that. picking up a win for Jamie Hader and the Dark Order. John Silver, Evil Uno, and Ten defeated Peter Avalon, Ryan Nemeth, and Serpentigo. So Nemeth uh, went from winning a bunch to losing a bunch. GG, I guess. I wrote Mike Posey's in the ring, so the rules don't matter. Brutal. Damn. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. I didn't mean to do you like that. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that was. They picked up the one with the pendulum bomb. You know, I like that move. It's the only three-person finisher I remember actually seeing that I liked, so, you know. Yeah, and so you know what that means, Garrett. We're done talking about Dark. Let's get into this week's motherfucking Dynamite. It's time! And right. we started off with CM Punk and FTR versus Max Caster and the Gun Club. Whew. Holy shit, dude. This Please, was once, they are, once he's uninjured, make this a regular team, for fuck's sake. This... 
You know what immediately came to my head? When we do that trios tournament, this should be the trio with yes, featuring CM Punk, Punk and FTR. I remember saying that would be an awesome trio to you would when be great. CM Punk first got there. And I was like just spitballing because like professional wrestlers, professional wrestlers. I was like, ooh, kind of perfect. You know, before before we had the whole Blackpool Combat Club. Um, I still would like the FDR to, to do something with them at some point, but yeah. And so here's the thing here. Um, Max Caster was hilarious. Of course. Yes. The gun club was over as they're out there with him. Colton gun continues to impress no, me every single yeah. week, dude. I always notice Colton. I'm sorry. I can't help. I'm going to keep I, saying it though, until Tony, until Tony sees it. Like, you know. And my God, is that a match made in heaven with these fucking two teams, uh, the acclaimed and the, and those guys? And by the way, this is a full circle from the MJF feud because remember when the last time these two were all three in the ring together, besides the Dax versus CM Punk's match, um, the last time that they met was when they were against each other in another trios match. You know? Yeah. So and this is this- full circle. This is FTR completely. So. Pinnacle's dead AF. I mean, it's kind of been dead for a while, but it's super dead now. Like, yeah, he's gonna need to. Uh, it's like the ultimate betrayal. Imagine if if Max wasn't tied up in the storyline, he would have had some kind of reaction to it. You know, like, yeah, he's got his own thing going on. So yeah, this was. I mean, this was a lot of fun, right? We really can't mm-hmm. talk much more about this. Uh, they gave this time before they hit the commercial too, dude. They don't ever do that. They did, and CM Punk got hurt. So fuck. <sighs> um, sucks. This sucks for Punk, but we won't dwell on the injuries too long because there's no need to until we have more information. Who knows? Hopefully, at best, I think eight weeks and he's back and yeah. we get him versus Tanahashi or him versus uh, Moxley or Wardlow. Who, who fucking knows? And it could be a good time. But those guys pick up the win. I had something I want to say, but I cannot remember it now. Hey, do you think there's a chance that this ends up being Miro versus Moxley because they never got to do that for the. For the tournament finals, oh, it definitely could be. If they want, that was a match they wanted to do. Remember, that was going to originally be the tournament final. I think for that like eliminator tournament they did to put uh, who was it that ended up winning that and facing the champion? I can't remember, but it was Danielson. Um, was it Danielson? Okay, that's right. And then that led to that brilliant storyline that they ran for like several weeks. But anyway, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. This, so you know, yeah. they could have done that. So I think talk- it was supposed to be Miro versus Danielson, but I think Moxley would have probably faced Miro at some point in there. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, no, no, it was Miro be, got in. It Miro was got be in because Moxley, of Danielson, and then Miro faced Danielson. Yep. That's right. That's, anyway, but you could maybe you could run that back now. He could be like, you took my opportunity. I'm not going to let you. Ooh. But then that would suck for Miro. But hey, hey, there's a story there. But anyway. Oh, yeah. There's a story um, there. I can't wait to see what they do with him. Uh, right, let's get I to the thing we've been waiting to talk about, though. I've been I've been dancing yes, around. Yes, because we talked about what happened here with Forbidden Door. The ace comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. So the man that was the talk of Double or Nothing weekend, MJF, makes his way down to the ring. He he cuts the music very fast and he just lets it roll. This is about an eight minute segment. And Garrett. I'm going to say this. This was a fucking masterpiece by MJF. Yeah. I mean, there is a monologue that we could read for the next eight minutes about what he did. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to do that. No, 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 no. What I will say, I think he had a lot of points he wanted to hit. Whether it was talking about this weekend. Whether it was people calling him a chicken. You know, what happened? You know, what happened this weekend? You guys were all booing me and... and Saying all this shit about me. 
and now I'm here. He he hit an, he hit a couple more notes of the fire me. Is there another? What were some of the other ones that were hitting you? Calling everyone marks, not he, chasing star matches, star ratings, yep. and stuff like that. Um, like your favorites. Uh, he hit he hit all the notes he wanted to hit. He delivered on every single one of them, and then it got it took another turn because everyone knows there was real beef. Not beef. I'd say they're probably. I don't think that beef just goes away because no, no, it, it doesn't. There, there was there's still beef there. Beef. Let's let's say frustration because they're not fucking beefing. There's real frustration between MJF and Tony Khan, and everyone kind of knows that because the eight. We often mention this, and this is not. Uh, don't take this a weird way. The AEW audience is a quote smart wrestling audience. I think even the people that detract from AEW know that. You know, like, yes, and it is common knowledge right now that. MJF and Tony Khan have been working on a contract for months and it's gotten really increasingly frustrating for those guys. Mm -hmm. They met Tuesday in Vegas, apparently had a nice long discussion. And then we get news on Wednesday. MJF is cutting a promo. So a lot of people are wondering, shoot work, shoot work. I think him no showing the meet and greet. I think that was clearly a shoot. I think MJF really pissed off some other wrestlers doing that too. Oh, I'm certain because well, I, I one thing I heard, I don't know if this is true. So guys, keep in mind that I'm just speculating based off what I hear from other dirt sheets. Not that we're a dirt sheet, but when I hear from dirt sheets, what I heard from, I don't remember who, so I can't accredit it to them. But uh, I remember hearing that other wrestlers had to stay longer because yes, yep. they, they, they stay the about two extra hours. And I'm glad that, I'm, you know what? Shout out to AEW for just letting anyone that paid for MJF get into any of the other lines, which I believe is what happened. Um, yeah. Because they still got so, because people were like, oh, they didn't get what they paid for. They got what they paid for. AEW would not, they would have refunded anyone. And I'm sure they did refund some people, you know, because um, some people refused. I'm not going to go over there. Like, pff, the hell? So, I don't want to see And another one of the whoever. big notes here that we, we want to talk about is, is MJF, he, he was spitting some truth here. And that is, MJF is always supposed to be the star of everything. He, he mentioned a line about he's not told to hit home runs. He has to hit grand slams or he's told to hit home runs and always hits grand slams. And MJF was, is the cleanup hitter of AEW. If some, if, if somebody else is fucking up, MJF can carry the entire pay-per-view literally, literally. And he then goes on to say, would you pay me more money if I was an ex WWE guy? Which is a fucking brilliant line. Holy shit. And it kind of circles around to him wanting to be fired. And he even gets a, a fire me, you fucking mark. And yeah, they cut the they cut the show. They cut his mic. They go to commercial. CM Punk comes out during the commercial. MJF runs through the crowd. They come back to the broadcast and they That don't was a shoot, I guarantee him walking out like that was a shoot. Because did yep. you see who else walked out with him? I didn't. I think it was Matt Jackson. Like hey. Either way, it so they sent the top guy on the talent roster, and I'm assuming the top executive since Cody left. You know what I mean? Like, um, and one of the ja- the Jacksons probably are equally as important at this point. You know what I mean? Because of, but you know what I mean. But like, and and so that we don't go to commentary, Garrett, and they don't fucking mention a thing. Fucking, they shouldn't. I love that. I love but, it. It's like it made it feel like it was unplanned. You know what I mean? Like Exactly. And let me just let me get this out of the way and then we'll get your full thoughts on this. I gotta say, I loved every bit of this. This was, and I, I know everyone's been saying, oh to me, 
If there was a pipe bomb, this was MJF's. He just did it again. He lit the fucking wrestling world on fire all by himself. And good for him. And my God, if they haven't worked something out, Tony, pay this man the top dollar of the company. I don't give a shit. He's worth it. That is a thing no one will disagree. MJF is fucking worth it. Garrett, what are your thoughts on all this? Because, I, I mean, I, I almost picked this as my favorite. I mean, it was it was that good. And we haven't picked a yeah. promo as a favorite in months. So, there were some things that MJF said that, I mean, you know, I don't necessarily agree with. One of the things that he said um, is that, like, basically what they should do is tear up his contract and renegotiate. I think that's an awful thing for him to do right now. If I'm being completely honest with you, because while he has all the leverage, there's absolutely no reason for Tony to pay him any more than he feels like paying him. There's zero fucking incentive for Tony to do that. Other than that, he might lose MJF, which MJF, I'm going to just be honest. I don't, if you know, Cody Rhodes kind of already is lost in the shuffle of WWE. There's so much going on over there, you know? Um, but they're doing a good job of having his face everywhere. And I think someone like MJF. I purely think that is just to upset AEW fans, to be honest with you. But MJF has to see that though and be like, well, I would like my face splattered everywhere. I honestly think if MJF does think, I mean, I'm kind of with like, you know, I know it was a storyline, but I'm kind of with what I've been for a while with what um, CM Punk said a while ago, which is if you really think the grass is greener on the other side, go find out. You'll get paid a lot of money to not wrestle because they will have nothing for you, Max. They ignored your they ignored your video trying to uh, get signed. You know, yeah, man. Um, I love Max, but I don't think he actually, as much as he thinks he does, fits the WWE. Um, and I say that because. I don't think he actually cares at all about any of the things that he said he doesn't care about. Star ratings, you know, uh, whatever the other things he said. One of the other things that I think is interesting about MJF, he is almost like the perfect guy for the indie marks, you know? Because I'm going to be honest with you. WWE doesn't give a shit if you can cut a promo. I mean, they love it if you can, but they really don't because they're going to write it for you anyway. You think Max is going to enjoy being handed a script? Because they will hand him one at some point and be like, no, we need you to do this. Do you think Max is going to be okay not being... And maybe he negotiates all this into his contract like Cody did, but he's not as big of a star as Cody is in their eyes, I guarantee it, you know? Um, I'm just being honest here. Like, I Just like, if we're talking about like the points that he made... Where I'm at with this is, you know what, MJF? Go ahead, leave. That's where I'm at. You know what I mean? Because I love MJF, but he's just going to be spit out by that system. I believe that, you know? And I think he needs that because right now it feels like he's too big for AEW. Does that make sense? He's so big in his own self that I think he needs to go be somewhere where he's not the biggest star on the roster and never will be treated that way and probably shouldn't be given the nature of how many massive stars there are over there. I think he needs that for a little bit. It needs to humble him, you know? Because um, I don't think he's that selfish of a guy. Look at how much he gives people when he loses, you know? Like, he, oh, exactly. I think what gets lost about MJF sometimes is how much of a fan he actually is. Do you think he'd actually be happy in WWE? 
Really? Oh, dude. He, just just so we don't spend too much time on this, I, I will I will say just about everything you said, there's a lot of things I think is exactly the reason he will succeed there. I'm not saying he won't succeed. He'll make a lot no, no, of money. No. And, and what I'm but saying is – But is it is this – okay, but Fandango probably doesn't ever have to wrestle again, right? Fandango, however you pronounce that wrestling. And, Johnny and Curtis the, probably never has to wrestle again. That's pretty successful. Yeah, and, and is, he, MJF, is he a star though? MJF is super young. MJ, in, in my opinion, what you said about a promo, I 100% see the opposite way. I see them as if you can cut a promo, you will be used as a top dog. Now, what what do I mean by that? They're gonna he's gonna get an if he goes, he's gonna get an initial push anyway. And the reality is, MJF is the best guy on the mic, and he's a safe worker. Those check the mar- the boxes of literally everything. And everyone always says, well, yeah, so was The Miz. MGF has put on better matches in his career already than Mike and The Miz. That's nothing against The Miz. I think The Miz is great. But The Miz and Cody had a match the other night. MGF has never fucking done that in his career. That match was straight dog shit. And MGF has never, ever done that. So I don't think they're even comparable in that terms of whether it's consistency or just great matches. And like you just said, he sold the story. I I actually I'm, I hope he doesn't go and because he is he has a certain bloodline in him that when I think of AEW he's one of the first names I think of honestly and I felt I, that I just don't I just I don't see them I I see here's what I see happening I see Tony paying him way more money than he probably and this is going to be a really hot take probably deserves at this point because. Let's be honest. I don't even does know Cody, what did this Cody Rhodes deserve like a $20 million contract. Let's just, I'm asking you cause that's a big star, right? Does he deserve like a $20 million contract when he comes to WWE? I have no, I, I don't even know how much that I, is. I, I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm saying, would he deserve that? No. Cause there's okay. like nobody in WWE that makes that kind of money. 0% of the WWE roster makes $20 million a year, except for maybe Vince McMahon. I feel like you I know? remember Brock made like 10 or 15. I don't know. Very Pretty close, but not even Brock makes that kind of money. You know, maybe John Cena makes close, but John Cena also has other sources of income. So it's like, no. So if Cody Rhodes is not worth that and Cody Rhodes has proven himself, not that MJF has not, but MJF has never been in a position where he has been everything has been put on him except for maybe the world title match. Right. Yeah. That he had, that he had with Moxley. Right. But like, I can't think of another time when we were like, this is the fucking guy. We're going to put everything we have behind this guy because I think Tony knows if he does that, he's going to have to pay him more. And he, he let that go so long that we're now at that point, you know? Um, where he's going to have to pay him an absurd amount of money to keep him. And I don't, you know, I'm not saying that Tony's right for thinking this way, but I can understand Tony thinking, is it worth it right now? Because I'm just going to have to pay him more anyway, later down the line. So is it worth it to just not pay that money now, sign somebody else in the meantime that I think I can get more out of? Not that you're going to get more out of them than MJF. I'm saying like that I think I can get more mileage out of for my money, you know, like versus spending 20 million or whatever the fuck you know i don't think it's gonna be 20 million like five to 10 million or whatever the hell people are allegedly making in AEW. you know like 
I feel like um, they're not even making anywhere near that. I think the no, X. I know it's it's, it's why I think maybe. it's just being played up by MJF. I don't yeah. think any of this actually fucking means anything. Supposedly, you know? if everyone, this is what we heard from what MJF was supposedly making at the beginning, it would just shock everyone how low it was. So hearing that, I'm like, okay, well, he, he needs I mean, that. I think he's making in the hundreds of thousands, I would have to guess, and not in the millions. I could be wrong, though. Um, Something's telling me they just brought over someone like, I don't know, I guess you could say Tony Storm, and maybe she's making, like, triple him. And it's like... I mean, I'm, thinking that, I'm thinking that a lot of people that come in... Like, I would be surprised if Swerve had more than a couple million dollar contract, you know? Like, and that's not me saying Swerve's not worth more than that. I'm just saying I don't know if he's throwing $10 million around, you know? Like, yeah, yeah that's the thing. We we have no idea that the contracts aren't public like football. The only or- person we know is making an absurd amount of money right now, 100% guaranteed, besides maybe like, I don't know, he probably pays Kenny a lot, you know? But besides Kenny and like some of the other people like that that are like main executives, I would guess that CM Punk is probably the highest paid AEW wrestler, you know? Yeah. Um, but so, we only know that because we've, we, because we, I, we've saw interviews for years where CM Punk said, I'm not going to come back unless it's for an absurd amount of money. I'm not going to come back unless it's an absurd amount of money, you know? Um, hey man, and the right so company. No, he wouldn't come back unless it was an absurd amount of money. He's and he even hinted at that in interviews since, you know, like, so other than CM Punk, I don't know who MJF thinks is making more than him that shouldn't. Because MJF has done some amazing yeah, stuff. It was in that promo. I think it's all the XWB guys he brought over in the last year. I would guess. But like, that. how much more are they making? That's what I'm saying. Like, he's acting like they're making all they're all making the same amount of money, but they're not. And I don't even think he knows that. I think that's the sad part. You know? Yeah. I mean, this right, is we, just- we got to move on because we're going to end up spending the whole show on this. But it's like. <laughs> Well, those were our two main things that we really want to dive into. So, yeah, I know, but like, just like, like, I don't know, man. Like, part of me thinks that that if if they're going to continue, I can tell you this right now: if they continue to work the boys, this whole thing's going to fall apart because no one's going to want to work for a company that that literally works the people in the back. So we then go on to a match between two ex WWE guys. No. <laughs> Johnny Elite. Hey man, the hottest act on the roster right now is literally two former WWE guys in it, three WWE guys in a tag team. You know, like Wheeler Yuta was technically in NXT. It was technically an NXT prospect at one point, so you could even say anyway. Yeah. So Johnny Elite versus Miro. Uh, this was Miro's return, the Redeemer. He cut a promo. Uh, fucking welcome back, bud. Thank you for coming back. Yeah. And he kicked ass. He kicked the shit out of Johnny Elite. And this is what we've been saying for weeks is this is why Johnny Elite's here. He is the perfect Miro. veteran that doesn't mind losing. And he is a name that everyone knows. He's the perfect I mean, veteran, in my opinion. And I'm so afraid for Miro because, like, he's had to – it's coming back at such an awkward time, you know, where I feel like he could – I don't think he's going to get lost. I think he'll get used. But I think he could just end up in the middle instead of at the top. You know what I mean? Like, on – you know what I'm saying? Like, although there could be a really fun match to have him against a New Japan guy, right? Like, yeah, there, there's plenty of storylines they could do with ooh. him. I hope, uh, I hope it's a good one right away. Let's maybe Darby. I don't know. You him can versus do Ishii. Do something right away. So him this is Ishii really, been really simple. Miro fired up the crowd, tapped him out. Johnny there's, Jobber. There's not much here. Um, so then, still, okay, okay. So, but, but actually, there's something I do want to hit here that I actually forgot that we that I thought about. So, Johnny Elite is one and two on his record so far. Yep. Um. So is 
is he just doing like and he's not signed so he's just doing these one shot deals how do you feel about that he's doing one shot deals and he's losing like what does that how would that how does that sit with you you need i i think i don't know man i i feel because like let's say he's like one in 15 by like three or four months from now right is it mean anything when he loses anymore like no because does it mean anything when you win against him like that's what i'm saying like is this just like a really bad mistake by Tony Khan to just have a guy come in and just continuously lose to big stars because he just can't book him in matches where he can win against somebody credible? Like that's what I imagine. I mean, Mark Quinn is credible, but like it was a BS. No, match, I imagine you know? they're like, going to book him the same way they do Frankie Kazarian. If he does stick around, he'll win a lot of matches, but he'll most likely lose the bigger ones. I, I think more Christopher Daniels, where he just loses a lot and sometimes he gets to win against somebody that matters, but not really. You know, like. Could be, but this this is a fun little, you know, he had an open contract, so yeah. We get some highlights yeah. from the Anarchy in the Arena match. Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Angela Parker, and Matt Lee of Jericho Appreciates decided to make their way down to the ring. So they called for the AEW Galaxy. They said to appreciate the JAS. Mm-hmm. Son of a bitch, this thing keeps getting better. It's <laughs> not just acknowledge me, it's appreciate me. Oh, Jesus. Yep. So, so we're getting blood and guts. We teased it up a few weeks back that this might be where this is going. Man, it looks like it. Yep, Kingston comes out with Regal. Blood and guts. He, you know, he gets the war games. War games. Exactly. Blood and guts. Uh, Kingston looks fucking tweaked. He's ready to beat the shit out of someone. This is coming up fast, dude. Blood and guts. The same week of Forbidden Door. It's going to be a nutso week. Cool, right? Yeah, I'm cool with this. This works. That opens up that fucking title even more, man. Holy shit. But we won't spend too much time on this. I mean... It pretty much was setting up Ortiz and Jericho having a hair versus hair match. Yeah, which that should be really fun. And that is another time. So Jericho's losing his hair, right? I guess probably. I mean, Ortiz would look fucking great with no hair either. That's true. I guess it's probably they'll probably just book it. Special in two weeks called Road Rager. So Dynamite Special is coming up in June. I love it. Love it. Love it. Let's go. He's going to shave and burn Ortiz because he's a wizard. I wish we could have gotten some Summer of Punk matches on these shows. (laughs) pain let's get into the uh, i'm trying to make sure i didn't miss anything there the 10 men uh, so we got samoa joe getting written off tv by getting beat up um interesting note after this happened i checked the aw roster page joe is no longer listed as the ring of honor world television champion okay weird so i wonder if he's hurt and he's gonna by the way that uh do you, you hear what i'm saying though like because i've not Every other Ring of Honor champion is listed on the roster page. Ah, uh, yeah. And his me. championship has been removed from his his thing, so I wonder if he's dropping the title himself. Maybe, yeah. Who knows? I mean, it's been such a busy news week. I mean, maybe we'll get something more on that next week, right? Mm-hmm. I, oh. I just noticed it. I thought it was really interesting. He got written yeah, off yeah. TV, and then there's no and, and maybe maybe they just fucked it up or something when they updated. I'll look now just to be yeah, sure. No, no. And that'll take us to the 10-man tag. Darby Allen, Matt Hardy, Christian Cage, and Jurassic Express versus Haiku Leo, Red Dragon, and the Young Bucks. Adam Cole is on commentary. And I know, Garrett, you were really liking this match. Yeah, this was almost my favorite, yeah. Um, this, this was a lot of fucking entertaining, man. Um, so what was the original lineup for this match? Obviously, Adam Cole was in it, and Adam so was Cole Jeff Hardy. Was in spot of Haiku Leo, and Jeff Hardy was in spot of Darby Allen. So do you so, think that means that we were going to maybe get Hardy versus adam cole or something like because they took him out like maybe well they're both hurt and they both got hurt they both got hurt in the same match when they faced each other in that qualifier so oh shit so yeah i guess that 
Yeah. Okay. Darby Allen, well, Darby Allen looked rough here because guess what? Darby's still hurt. It's yeah. it's a rough uh, <laughs> it's a rough run right now. We uh, Darby's kind of always in a state of injured though. Let's be honest, like because he's fucking yeah, throwing his body at everything. Match and think, wow, Darby Allen looked a little weird there, and yet you could tell he was hurt. If you guys yeah. didn't notice, hey, that's just how good he is. The wheels fell off this match in the best way. Like the rules just went out the window. Uh, Jungle Boy hit like the craziest Hurricanrana I think I've ever seen, uh, yeah. where they just like flipped and then they were like elevated. Like when they when they flipped, they were both completely off the ring apron, pretty much. It was nuts. Like, um, really, Hikaleo, clean. I I hope Hikaleo is okay. Um, I think it's fine. He took that straight to the dome and got up immediately and took the move. So. Yeah, so hopefully he's all right and it wasn't just adrenaline, but like he's spiked. I mean, that's a big dude to spike on your own head, you know. Whew. They, they played it up that Adam Cole hit up his friend Jay White and got a got a replacement. So cool. I like that. Uh, Luchasaurus looking strong. And Darby I was love also super on fire. The undisputed elite should win right now. That, in my yes. opinion, yeah, uh, leave them winning. Even though your tag have they lost a ten man since we watched them? They have not. So okay, keep them winning. So, yeah, I'm with you. Really, really fun. Fish and O'Reilly take out Luchasaurus and close on leg sweep combinations, and the Young Bucks hit the Melter Driver on Jungle Boy for the one, two, three. Let's, uh, is that, is that the next match? Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, it could be. Could be. It seems what everybody would think is that we're going to get, uh, we're going to get Bucks versus. So we see Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland backstage with Lexi Nair. Swerve introduces a bunch of Hollywood friends, and this proves our point even more. Swerve is an actual star. Swerve yeah. is a legit celebrity. He, he, if you put the title on him or put do whatever with him, keep him as a main focus in your product. There are going to be people that don't watch wrestling. Check him out, and that's how you get new fans. It's shit like that, man. We talk about it all the time. Just like Sam, oh, yeah. so many eyes AEW. Just you know. So yeah, this was cool. I I love love them showing off uh, the because pe- the people that know that guy, and I don't have his name here. They're like, holy shit. I mean, this guy's pictured with LeBron James with so many just mega celebrities. So, Absolutely. Tony Schiavone's on the stage. He introduces newly signed Athena. This is just Athena. Athena, yeah. Athena, you know, she's she's a little awkward on the mic sometimes. And then when Jaden and Stokely get out there, she gets a little more comfortable, it feels like. And this was good. I mean, he got to show off Stokely a little bit because uh, you can already tell. By the way, do you think this tees up like a six woman tag match at one of the uh, like a trios match at one of the uh, like stop? I would stop, like, like to think so. And I feel like the trios matches can start really start helping uh, Red Velvet and Kira Hogan kind of build up a resume and build some more, uh, you know, things like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, so by the way, Tony Khan has a great tweet for Stokely Hathaway. He said, I can finally know that Stokely Hathaway's infamous tweets are all going to be about AEW from now on. He said they were previously they were for the enemy, and that totally got me. I fucking popped me. That's funny. And yeah, so cool. I mean, Stokely's a welcome face. Uh, Anna J comes out, Statliner comes out, like you said, set up the six. Wardlow versus JD Drake, another Wardlow squash. He got new music. Cool. JD Is Drake. It new? I thought it was the same. I believe well, it might have been, might have been the same. Either way, his music's back. Cool. Uh, I thought they kind of botched how they did it. They should have just played it like normally. Agreed. Agreed. They, 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 they wanted to see the crowd. Okay. The crowd didn't chant Wardlow. That's what happened. Yeah. Which I'm shocked that that didn't happen. But, you know, uh, 
anyway, so yeah, um, let me ask you this. What the fuck kind of follow-up was this to Wardlow's storyline of the fucking pay-per-view? I don't know. I got nothing for you. <laughs> I guess just to make sure he's on TV again. Well, you know, J.D. Drake's not a good enough opponent to get a world title shot, apparently, even though he doesn't have any control over who he faces. That's, that's going to bother me till the end of time. Like, it's going to. Like, I'm sorry. Look, I think that's just rankings. I, I, dude, that was that was fun earlier, man. If you guys don't know, this is the shit that we I love. Mean, we were talking I about fake wrestling rankings anyway, so why does it matter? <laughs> it's so fun. Oh shit! Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, why does it matter if it like? I, I, and people will be like, "Well, they're they're not real rankings anyway. Why do you care so much?" Because Tony Khan has made me want has, wants to me to care. That's what he wants. Like, exactly. And the fact that I do is now hurting me my viewing experience, and I'm going to complain about that. You know, like exactly. So yeah, this is uh, it sets up um, Sterling coming out. He's serving him with a class action lawsuit for attacking every security guard. Hopefully this doesn't last too long. Maybe this sets up Tony Nese versus Wardlow at a little, just little side thing here. Beats his ass. Yeah, just bury Tony Nese further into the dirt. Fuck it. Why send it in. Um, Dante Martin and Scorpio, a little beef, a little beef action going on. I mean, I was excited for that match. Uh, it got way cut down on time, which was disappointing as hell. Yeah, it got slaughtered. Dr. Brett Baker, DMD, and Jamie Hayter versus Ruby Soho and Tony Storm. This was rolling, man. And Tony mm-hmm. Storm and Jamie Hayter, they have legit chemistry in the ring. I, I really love when those two are in the ring with each other. This was for Ruby Soho with the pride shout out on her gear. I like yeah, that. That was nice. And for Happy feet- Pride, by the way, everyone out there. I forgot to say that at the top of the show. Happy Pride Month to everybody out there that celebrates. And for featured women, and this is kind of going to bring in something I also forgot to bring up during news. We'll talk about that in a second. But the match, Garrett. I mean, you were a fan of it, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. So I guess just anything else stick out to you? I, I mean, they were rolling. Oh, yeah, there were some cool spots in there. They had a really cool twisting neckbreaker off the apron that I thought was really dope. Um, that twisting neckbreaker. I think it's the one that Jamie Hader does, or it might be a Britt Baker movie either way. Ah, Jamie Hader looks sick. Cool here, man. Um, uh, I agree. I forget who said this, but I really liked the Sa- Saito suplex that was hit. I believe it was by uh, Ruby at one point. Um, Tony hit like multiple gnarly looking hip dude. Tar- Tony destroyed Brit with those hip attacks. Yeah, My she- God. Yeah, she did. Um, and then there was like this, there was a sequence of, of moves. So there was a really gnarly hip attack. Then I believe Tony got hit with a nasty ass DDT. Then there was a cross body, then a sling blade. And then Ruby comes in with the destination unknown. They gets to win. I'm not sure how I feel about 50, 50 booking still to this day, but I will say this. If that means that we're going to get uh, potentially Ruby Soho going after one of the titles, great. But I don't know why you had her lose the tournament. They really wanted to do that King of Queen of Hearts thing so bad, didn't they, man? Like, they really wanted that so bad. Like, ah. And still, I think that proves that was just downright, as time goes on, the wrong result. Britt Baker should not have won that match. And I think... Hopefully they imagine you just won a tournament and the next match you went, you're in, you lose and get pinned. I mean, it's just like, okay, cool. I right. guess. Yeah. Let's not rely on 50, 50 too often though. I mean, it works for now, but let's not, let's not rely on it. Cause we see what that happens. And again, yeah. it's up something that I want to talk about that we've forgotten news. Okay. So these guys are all featured again, but no thunder Rosa. 
Right. Thunder Rosa sees this too. Thunder Rosa is not happy right now. She's the world champion, women's world champion, and she is not being used. She has not, not a wrestled. single segment on the show. She has not wrestled on TV outside of the pay-per-view. She hasn't been on dark on dark anywhere. She has not wrestled since she won the title other than wrestling before the title. So she wrestled Nyla Rose once and she wrestled Serena Deeb, which was a fucking technical masterpiece, by the way. Charlie, also- there have been more matches from Mercedes Martinez this week than Thunder Rosa has wrestled. Yep. Since she became champion. Jesus, man. And I got to say, dude. And I just thought of that off the top of my head, but it's true. The last two matches we saw with Thunder Rosa were championship matches, and they were on pay-per-view-like or pay-per-view shows. So, great point. And this brings me to something I want to say here. I love that we're getting this feud here, right, between these four women. And that we're having a feud not for the title. That being said, no, it's literally Tony just can't book more than one women's feud. He can book more than a women's feud at the time, but they they can't be on the same show. That's not allowed. You can't let this replace your women's title feud because now the women's title is not even in a feud. Yeah, a one month Serena Deeb versus Thunder Rosa feud. Imagine that's your idea of what that feud should be, and you don't even put it on TV at all. And when you do, it's in the worst segment of the night. That's just so stupid. I mean, like, imagine, like, I, I, it feels like he's literally the one calling for the music when Thunder Rosa gets cut off by her own music, you know? Yeah, man. I, I gotta say, this, we have been talking. It's like Tony doesn't believe that women can actually sell his show, which is insane. I mean, I see what you're saying. I don't know if it's. I mean, I, I, I'm starting to believe it. It's now been nine months since that massive controversy kicked up about the women's revision in AEW, right? I don't know if it's been that long, but it feels like it's been about 12 years since then, you know? And Tony has done nothing to change it at all. Yeah. I mean, hey, no uh, no disagreeing with that, but I really wish she could get a feud going and let's start it up next week. All right, let's, let's fix this. Let's get her on TV next week in an actual wrestling match in a feud. I mean, even people on the show now say that Jade is the bigger star. Oh, yeah. Oh, which is so fucking bad for you. It's one thing for people to say that like us or whatever. It's one thing for us to say that on our show. It's another thing for Jade. I mean, Jade can say it, whatever. Yeah, Other people shouldn't yeah. be saying that, though. And that's just now it, it they should not view this. And I'm going to call it this the secondary title as the primary title. Hey, man. Because that's what Jade is right now. She's a secondary champion, but she gets more TV time than the main champion. I mean, star power. Yeah, it, it's uh, imagine uh, if I mean, I was going to say imagine if the TNT title actually got more TV time than the world title, but it does. So I guess it's not that different. But yeah, so let's let's uh, let's go on from that. Uh, we talked about the main event. So, yeah, I mean, Dynamite kicked ass, dude. I mean, every match we talked about, I really enjoyed. The MGF thing lit it on fire. Thumbs up, thumbs down. World Dynamite, easy for me. Thumbs up. You? Oh, yeah. 100%. But it's just like Thunder yeah. Rosa, man. Like it's frustrating. And then we get into Rampage. Um, so uh, we talked about the opening match. Lots of fun. Back from the break, we get Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks versus two local talent. I loved that they addressed that um, that was their first loss as a tag team in over 500 days. Yeah. Which I didn't even know, which is crazy. I didn't know that either. So I hope that they uh, keep them together as a tag. Because 
Yeah. How they, they work well together. Dude, just – you know what, man? And here, I'm going to say this. Even the booking this week, I still don't know how they put that title on Jurassic Express again. You had Jungle Boy get pinned, and you had these guys walk out and squash people. These should be your champions. This should have been their first match as the champions. Walk yep. out, beat the shit out of two guys. Yep. Show off the belts even more. Talk about how they don't lose as a tag team. Send out fucking whoever. Ah, whatever. It's spitting right now. Like it's, it's I'm I'm with you. I'm 100 with. I still think they should have won on Sunday. I, I'm still there. Like my. I, those are the two big booking mishaps, I feel like, and we're going to kind of see some repercussions from that. So yeah. a video package highlighting the World Championship match. That was awesome. Athena versus Kiera Hogan. Uh, and yeah, Jay Cargill, Red Velvet, and uh, um, well, this website isn't listed as Malcolm Bivens. It is Stokely Hathaway. So yeah, this this was uh, pretty quick. Athena looked cool with her gear. I thought Kiera's new gear, she looked good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a little chemistry issue here. Um, but yeah. I mean, that might just be Kiera's like relative inexperience combined with, you know, Athena didn't get as much TV time as a lot of other wrestlers, even in her NXT time. So, you know, and, like, and who knows how long she's, if they've even wrestled each other. Right. You know, they may not have ever touched. So this might've just been like, they, they were like, Hey, let's just go call it in the ring. You know, we're both competent enough. I've seen, you know, she's, I'm sure she's seen Kiera wrestling. Like John just, maybe Kiera was nervous. We've talked about this before. Kiera might get nervous before big, before she's in a, a big star. You know, I could see it. Um, and just like we talked but, about Johnny Elite and Samoa Joe, even though they're good wrestlers, sometimes they just don't have the best chemistry together in that mile. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think it recovered as a match. Like I still think it worked. Um, Athena looked like she absolutely killed her with that finish. Um, finish was great. Yeah, the uh, – what, what are they calling it? The O, the o face? I, really good. And so it speaks <laughs> me to – Wait, wait are they actually calling it that? It's something like that, yeah. Uh, red Jesus Christ! I don't think that's gonna fly with Athena, but all right. <laughs> red Velvet looked so good as this. I I love Red Velvet, man. I mean, I've been telling you the last two weeks. Plays, her mannerisms, her talking to the crowd. She was also wearing some contacts that looked really cool. Mm-hmm. She's beautiful. I mean, you yes. you name it, bro. It's it checks every box, and I love what she did, dude. Her little her little getting sides in on uh, Athena. Malcolm just fuck. I even said it now. Stokely sitting out there and adding that. <laughs> That's so easy for me because I never watched Bivens. So like, Can you I just believe I... that they actually did this. I mean, the day he got he got his release, finally, they finally the the literally the fan cast the dream book was him and Jade, and we even talked about it on the show. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, they did it! Let's fucking go, Tony. Athena gets the win here. Is she gonna beat up Velvet, Kira Hogan? Lose in a trio tag and then challenge Jade. Is that is that the next four weeks? I think that's where I'm thinking it's going. That's what I was saying before. I think it sets up a six six woman or a trios or a women's trios match for what, maybe what's the uh, what's the Road Rager? Maybe they'll do that on Road Rager and then they'll do the title match maybe at Blood and Guts. Yeah, let let Jade and uh, Athena go at Blood and Guts. Let Jade or get- maybe not at Blood. Maybe maybe that makes the show because they don't you know they could if if they really wanted to just shut all this down they could have both women's titles on Forbidden Door. Boom. Yeah. Cool, and then bring in some of the Joshi talent. Maybe maybe get Tokyo Joshi. I know it's supposed to be New Japan or AEW. Maybe you get Tokyo Joshi Pro to send over some people. You know, like yeah. or even Stardom since Stardom and New Japan kind of have that. Yeah, Stardom and New Japan have been trying yeah. to become one company for forever. So you know, get <laughs> a vignette from House of Black where Malachi Black says bringing Julia Hart was always the plan, as it should have been. I- was it though? 
No, I think so. I, I think it was a plan. I mean, no, I think it was. I think Tony just refused to pull the trigger on it for forever, and then he was like, "Shit, all right, well, I guess I better do it now." And then it was it was good when he did it, but it just felt so fucking late, you know? Yeah, like black this. I know everyone's like, "Well, they don't need more titles," or maybe you think they do. I we I think you and I both agreed they need a trio. You know, you know what title Malachi Black needs? I realized this playing two K World Championship. Agreed. No, the Ring of Honor World Championship. Ooh, I would love that. I would love it. Because he fits Ring of Honor so well. Come on. We think the CM Punk thing, which we kind of already talked about most of this. It was pretty emotional. Oh, my God. Imagine the match. Gresham would have. Oh, my God. Anyway. um, And so CM Punk is not relinquishing the title. There will be an interim champion instead, which thank fucking God. This company. Yeah, I know. If they hadn't done this, I would have been so mad. They, I, 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 I love CM Punk, and I would have been devastated. But I would have, and I would have understood where he was coming from. But at the same time, I would have been like, "No, dude, you established this precedent with the TNT title. What are you doing? You know, like there will be no vacancies in this company. There will be interim champions, and I fucking love that shit. I hate, hate. They even did it with Diana Perazzo as Ring of Honor Women's World Champion. You know what I'm saying? Like they. They can do this. This is a thing they can establish as a AEW thing. It is one of those things that will distinguish it different, you know? If CM Punk is out the next, you know, eight months or the next two months, he's cu- he's still champion, as he fucking should be. Now, I will say. that championship. How do we feel if he ends up, like, breaking the longest title reign while injured? It is what it is. If you won the match when you got back, GG's. Right? It's gotta be you gotta you gotta throw things in there somewhere. I'm just saying, like if he has like an 800 day title reign or something, and like oh, 400 of it he was on the shelf, I think people are gonna have a problem with that. I gotta like, imagine if it gets to a certain point, they would probably. Yeah, just- I, I have a feeling there's a built-in number in Tony's head yeah. where he's just gonna have you relinquish it because it's so serious, you know. And yeah, I don't know so what that number is. That being said, I mean this is just sad. Um, at the end of the yeah, day, no, it sucks. It really. I was it was heartbreaking. And now let me run I've, through this entire match. You guys ready for this? We had a TNT championship match between Scorpio Sky and Dante Martin. Probably two of our favorite guys, two one of mm-hmm. our pillars. As you guys can see on the uh artwork now, we have our pillars listed. So if you guys yes, 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 yes. like the new artwork, we appreciate that. Scorpio Sky as champion versus Dante Martin. Sky with a shoulder tackle to start. Martin takes Sky down with an arm drag, then applies an arm lock as we head to commercial break. Back from the break, Martin drop kicks Sky to the outside, leaps off the top rope and cracks Sky with a dive, then tosses Sky back into the ring. Martin leaps to the top, drills Sky with a diving shotgun drop kick and goes for the cover, but Sky kicks out. Martin springboards himself off the ropes and nails Sky with a drop kick. Sky gets back up, plants Martin with a TKO for the one, two, three. That was our championship match, Garrett. <laughs> Oh, uh, you think they were not stole the time, and I'm thinking it was yeah. the opening match. <laughs> oh, and it was probably Punk, right? Straight, it had to be. No, dude. Why would CM Punk waste everybody's time? Absolutely no, not. Saying, it was I'm the opening not. match. Quit, quit giving the Bucks a pass. It was the opening match. Because I don't think the Punk thing was planned. It wasn't planned until Friday. Quit giving them a pass. It that was match done. was only 15 minutes. Tony has favorites just like Dave Meltzer does. Nah, what do you bro. mean it was only 10 minutes? It was not only 10 minutes. Like 15. It was only 15 minutes. It was the opening 30 minutes of the show. What do you mean? Dude, I it was 15 minutes. Let me let me double check that. But hold that thought. But what did you think of this opportunity for Dante Martin? Let's just go into that real quick. Oh, I'm glad that he's continually getting this is like his third title shot in nine months or something. Like or at least his third perspective, his third almost title shot in nine months. Like, he should be getting these title shots. He wins a lot of matches, and he's really favored of the crowd. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know why he couldn't Somehow be in the battle this match was listed as eight minutes. Uh, what? How long was that commercial break? 
No, it was a really long commercial. No, it was a stupid long commercial. That's why as soon as they came out of commercial, the match ended, you know, like. Bucks and Phoenix were 1448, Athena Hogan 818, and this was 808. So, maybe. There's no shot that CM Punk's segment was even. I think it was just mistimed, man. I think you could have cut two minutes off the Bucks. All right, I'll say it then. Tony Khan needs to hire someone to time the shows. He sucks at it. Let's be real. And they even went over like two minutes. And he thinks he's a fucking genius at it too, which is what's fucking hilarious. Like they, I think they went over like two minutes too. I, I have to double check that, but like he needs somebody to time the shows that's timed a wrestling show before. Just so just yeah, bring this, somebody in, Tony. You got people back there that have probably done it, you know. But yeah, man. So this was uh look. You can't I'm be not- letting the main event title match be fucking eight minutes. And and you can't cancel it because it's been billed and it wasn't live. So you're kind of fucked. I think they were kind of fucked. And honestly, I wish they just had another 15 minutes on Rampage. You know what? They probably should have just not had three matches on this Rampage. As much as I liked all three matches well, we on Rampage. We technically had four. Plus a Oh, punch. yeah, true. Maybe maybe Ricky and Hobbs shouldn't have been on this. Like, maybe they should have just had a segment and not been in a match. I don't know. Like... Yeah, I, I, I mean, want to see them wrestle, but did they need that match? Not really. Like, luckily they were in and out, probably including entrances in like two and a half minutes. So yeah, but like yeah, I mean, I, between Punk, the Bucks, and Hogan, you probably could have cleared up like a good six minutes, and I think that would have felt like this match had more time to breathe. But then you would have felt like they didn't give the women any time, which is like even worse. You can't take that time away from them. <laughs> like this is just a fucking. Rampage is kind of a shit show timing wise sometimes. Like, and this was one of those examples. But that being said, look, I still enjoyed it. It had yeah. one of my favorite tag matches of the year next to FTR and the Bucks. And yeah, I mean, this was fucking awesome, dude. This was great. What a great week. But my God, let's hope next week we have some good news on injuries, right? I I don't think we're getting it that fast. Uh, who? So just kind of going off that point, I mean, I guess... We're wondering you know, who who could possibly win this battle royale. I mean, do, we, we were talking Wardlow earlier. I think you have to have a star win this, right? Miro, yeah. Wardlow. Maybe you go uh, Daniel Garcia. Run that back. Maybe I don't know if you run that back the next week. Yes, I mean, there's a lot of options here. Orange Cassidy, is he good to go yet? Let's see. I mean, we haven't seen Orange Cassidy in forever. So I'm missing him, dude. I am missing Orange Cassidy. But yeah, guys, I mean, that'll be it for us today. Um, This is fun. I mean, hope you guys enjoy our our discussion. Max Gaster's had a couple of good matches. I would like Max. You know what? That's a good one, actually. Because you know that match is going to be okay. They've had some decent matches. Yeah. Max Caster, John Moxley. I'd buy that main event. So, yeah, guys, we hope you enjoyed our discussions. We hope you enjoyed the first episode of the new season here. Absolutely. Fun stuff that we'll do after every double or nothing. And, yeah, we got a load of week. Road Rager, Forbidden Door, Blood and Guts, Loaded Month. So we will catch you guys on the flip side, Vision. Hey, fuck up this shop. <laughs>